Hello, it's Tamika Chambers with Create a Generational Love Cycle. And today is August the 21st, 2022. And I tell you, um, it's a beautiful day here in Oregon. Beautiful, sunny, partly sunny day. Um, but the sun that we do see is just really doing a fabulous job of providing energy and light and understanding on a Sunday morning here in Tillamook, Oregon. As you know, if you've been listening to my podcast here, Create a Generational Love Cycle, um, I am big on principles, on having guiding principles to guide you, to direct you throughout life. And I believe that taking the student approach to life early on after experiencing um, some projection of pain, I decided that I wanted to unite with something that knew knew this world better than I did, that knew me, that knew paths in this world that can be easier paths, right? Not filled with a lot of potholes of regret and anger and disappointment and just going in directions that can... Um, that can take you further and further from your truth instead of enlightening you and providing the necessary grounding that you need that will help you. We all take detours in life. We all go down paths um, given our mental, emotional state um, because we are the creators, co-creators of our lives. And we do this primarily with our mind, with our thoughts. And my mother and I were, we were talking this morning. She has been very instrumental in the principles that I have led my life with. Um, I've shared many of them on this podcast where give from the heart and expect nothing in return, how that can help us to, um, to lead by our hearts instead of what we can get out of something, instead of wanting something in return, instead of living in regret and having unfulfilled expectations. To nip things in the bud as a parent, I've had the opportunity of being at home with my children, majority of their lives, and um, just doing away with words, um, harmful words um, that were said to them, done to them. And how, unfortunately, at times we can internalize those thoughts and behaviors and words in our lives and bring those home to our family. You know, we're, I often said we're so worried about, and, and we have reason to be, you know, viruses and bacteria, hence the coronavirus and the lives that it's taken and that it continues to affect this day. But what about those um words that infect our hearts and our families and callous hearts and, you know, infect generations with hatred and violence and uh, bitterness and greed and resentment. You know, my, my mother uh, would often tell us to create the family that we want. And that's what this podcast ultimately is about um, creating the family that we want, that regardless of our experiences, 
what we have gone through, what people have done to us are the inaction of others that we do not have to take that in our inner being, our inner garden. We do not have to keep reaping that harvest of pain and struggle that we with our mind can break the generational cycle of pain by creating a generational cycle of love. Those spokes in that cycle are the thoughts, the very thoughts that hold that pain cycle together. And when I say pain, I'm not just talking about physical pain. I'm talking about the mental pain, the, the divisiveness, the hatred, the greed, resentment. I'm talking about those underlying roots that stem that stem from that, the fear, the anxiety, the feeling that you're not good enough, um, all the things that we internalize. And from that internalization, we have the hatred, the prejudice, the race, the racism. You know, we have um, where people are neglecting others, abuse, um, you know, all of those that are basically things that have grown from this feeling of lack, this feeling of lack of love, lack of life, lack of meaning, lack of purpose, that there is lack in the world. And we have within our power to say, no, there is not lack. There's plenty to go around. There's plenty of love to share. To, to share. Um, that we can change the thoughts that created it and become what we want to become. The power is in our hands. It's not in what tradition and what others have done, but it's actually in our hands, in our minds to create what we want to create. And so my mother and I uh, was talking this morning and uh, I am very blessed to have someone, a mother that I can talk to about life that continues to respect humankind, uh, dignity. And what she, what we were talking about is how easily um, we are replaceable. And I'll just say it like that. Um, when I think about an incident, I was actually, I had to return to an organization in a different role. And I, there was a meeting that day, uh, um, a hospital meeting, you, you could go to whichever one you wanted to. And I went to a particular one. I'm not sure what time it was. But as I sat there in the room and waited for the presenter to come in and discuss with us, I, I, I wondered, what is this going to be about? What what changes are occurring? You know, how will this affect me? And um, slides went up and, and they started talking about um, how they're needing to... Um, to basically get rid of positions downsize. And I, and I thought about uh, what they were saying. And I thought about a particular person that was in a role and uh, she had a limp. So she had some physical, um, some physical issues going on. And she was one that was so excited about her job and loved her job. She said this and really look forward to going to work and doing the work that she was doing. Well, she was one of the persons that was laid off. And I thought about then, it reminded me of another incident when I was about 16 years old. But I thought about it then that 
you know, it just reinforced that you are replaceable. That, um, yes, it's good to do the work, but there are so many people that they live their lives based on what they do. They find identity in their work. And when that work is no longer there, then we start seeing, you know, some are able to cope, some not, start seeing depression and anxiety and insomnia and all these other health conditions that can come for that because now that identity is no longer there. And I remember uh, when I was working at another job, when I was 16 or so years old, when I learned of the guiding principle that you are replaceable when I was going for a management position and, you know, I was willing to try it, um, even though I had some reservations because I felt like when you become a manager, when you became a manager, your life was not your own anymore, that people you know, you'll have to come in and you'll be on call and you'll have to work shifts that you probably don't want to work. But I went ahead and, and decided to do it. And then one day I went into work and it wasn't that many people that was there. It was um, the actual um, head head person of the store. And then it was one of the uh, supervisors. I think I was going for supervisor team leader, but it was one of them. She walked, she was she had met me. I was actually going towards the back um, and she was coming out and she was so upset. She was crying. And I had learned <clears throat> that the manager actually, so it was a supervisor role, supervisor position for a shift, but he had actually said something um, harmful or something that was demeaning to the person. Um, basically she felt that she was doing a really good job and, um, it, it was almost like he was, um, undermining the work that she was doing. And I think right then and there, I was like, <clears throat> I don't want to be a part of that, you know, um, because I just, I feel like that when you are doing your best, there's a way to get a message across without coming hard on someone, without um, messing with their self-esteem, messing with, um, you know, you can congratulate people. There's a constructive way of saying things. And this person did come across kind of harsh at times. I mean, whatever he said, he said, and, you know, he would raise his voice. And it, it's nothing about, you know, it's about the story. I'm not trying to bash any one gender because I've seen both women and men um, in how they address people. And it was as if that her work did not matter, that she was replaceable, that anybody can come and do your work. And when I, when I saw that, when I sat that, when I sat there in that, um, auditorium there years later, probably about 10, 12 years later. And I thought about just other incidences where I have, what I've seen, I've seen people that will work umpteen hours at home, at work, just working, you know, to, to please or to, to please the, their bosses or to show they can do it or their commitment to the job. And, you know, they're, Yet still, they're neglecting their children. You know, they're not 
children are, are doing whatever they want to do. And, and the, 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 the person is constantly working. So when you're working, you don't have time or you're not making time for those other priorities. Your work becomes a priority, becomes all that you focus on. When I was working at um, an, an agency disease management, and I never forget this guy was telling me, you know, he had his health and his health, he had cardiac, diabetes, you know, other conditions. And he said, um, I have to work. I have to, I have to do this job, even though it was stressing him out. I have to do it because I have to provide for my family. Now, granted, yes, we do want to make the income things cost, but there's always a way, I believe, there's always another way to do the work without causing unjust pain, discomfort um, on others, that some way, somehow we have to keep our priorities straight, that relationships and family is of utmost priority, that often I've seen and I've experienced myself where, you know, employers and, 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 and employers are relationships. So it, it could be your employers, it could be your children, it could be, you know, your spouse, it could be your significant other, whoever, it could be family members that you, you're, you're so focused on the task at hand that everything else just goes by. We're seeing increased rates in children or adolescent um suicides and and violent acts that are done by teenagers or, or young young adults um, gun rates are rising you know highest they ever been I believe in 2020 gun violence and you know we're seeing all of this and yes still we you know there's so much going on at work where we feel like we have to be there in order to provide for our children but then we don't get to know our children. We're spending so much time away from them that when we do finally, when we are finally there, they have set in stone that mother, father don't care about me. I can do whatever I want. And all of this other, these other seeds and thoughts that come in their mind when I, hence my children learning, you know, being called outside their name, pushed, you know, all of these things that can come in their mind and infiltrate their inner garden, but we're not there to intercept to say, that is not the way, you deserve better. Who, who did that to you? Let me go talk to the principal. Let me go to school. Let me, let me interject these emotions and feelings that people are trying to project on you. So I, I hope you're, you're, you're following with me on this conversation is that we need to assess what is our priorities, you know, do we have cutoff points? Do we have boundaries when it comes to work? Are we working, you know, eight hours? Are we doing 10 hours? You know, my husband told me how um, one of the coworkers that he used to work with, that her family had um, written her off years ago. Granted, she had 11-year-old son. Years ago, what does that mean? Three years ago, four years ago? You know, here's someone who is trying to um, understand himself, understand his life. And if children are writing off their parents at such a young age, no wonder we have a lot of confusion that's going on in the world. 
Our children need us. We need to understand that our relationships at home matter. We need to understand that no matter what you do at work, you are replaceable. No matter what you do in relationships, it's you have to look at your time and your energy to restore yourself, to be there for your relationships. You know, to I'll give you another example. I, you know, I have, I had students that would, it was all about work. You know, my work needs me. I have to go. Did you get your lesson done? No, I didn't get it done, but I will. And call after call after call, they're telling me how their job needed them. They had to go to work and they get to a point they're laughing because they know, they know that they're stuck in some mind frame that if I don't do this work, the job is going to fire me. If I don't show that I'm good enough, they're going to fire me and look for something else. Well, guess what? If you get sick from not taking care of your health, or if you have to go to the hospital, or if you have to spend time with your child because he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing that could have been nipped in the bud, you're going to have to miss work anyway. That often we put off the very things that matter to us because we want to feel that we belong. We want people to appreciate us, to 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 love us, to understand us, to pay us, to accept us instead of having those boundaries. It's nothing like having boundaries that you say, no, this is me. This is what I'm going to do. When I was at a job, the same job that I heard that they started laying off people, um, I was told that this is an all day job. You're going to be here all day. And I don't go home until seven, eight o'clock. My supervisor told me that. I said, no. I said, I have a certain time to work because I have a life outside of work. And I stuck to those times. I stuck to my lunchtime. I took my lunch. She wasn't taking, my supervisor wasn't taking her lunch. I, I took my, I went home when it was time for me to go home. Because, it, you know, if it, certain jobs, they'll always need you. There's always some work to do, but it's up to you to say, you know, this is it. At five o'clock, I didn't have kids at that time, but I had a life. And I wanted to enjoy the gift of life. You have to understand that boundaries are what you set. This is who you are. And you want to be with someone who accepts you and not feel like you have to change who you are to be accepted. Your spouse, when we constantly do for our children and we, we be there and we do everything for them, lacking the self, self-reliance and um, interdependence being, you know, interdependent, doing as much as they can for themselves, yet knowing what they cannot do for themselves right now, but they're learning when we can exhaust ourselves at mothers and fathers, because we're so bent on taking care of our children that we forget about the things that we love, the painting, the dancing, and going to school, back to school and getting our education, our certificates, our degrees, because we're so focused on doing everything for everyone being accepted, being loved. And there's actually more respect when we hold ourselves accountable for the boundaries, when we know our time limits, when we, when we know we have a certain amount of energy and we're going we're gonna to use that energy for not just doing other things for other people, but we're going to use it for ourselves and take care of ourselves. Many people struggle with boundaries. 
and we will continue to struggle with them if we do not set them for our work, for our family, and for what other relation other relationships that we have in life, for our experiences. If you don't know what you heard the saying, if you don't know what you stand for, you'll fall for everything. If you don't know what you stand for, you'll be all over the place with no set boundaries. So I want you to think about that. Where have you, where do you not have those boundaries set? What happened? You know, how did you perceive an experience that, you know, you have, you didn't set those boundaries or you allowed those boundary walls to be broken? Well, the only person that can fit those boundary walls in any experience you've had, traumatic, potentially traumatic, abuse, neglect, whatever experience you had, the only person that can set those boundary walls back up is you. The only person that can replace them is you. And so I need you to really understand because it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to act in such a way that you are replaceable. And I would encourage you to look at your life and see where, 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 where do I need to set boundaries? Am I exhausted all the time? Do I have time to do the things for me? I'm, I'm telling you this because I'm telling it to myself. What I say to you, I say to myself. Assess where you are with your energy. Are you, do you have enough time to do the things you love? Are you spending all day at a job that you might not even like, but you're there because you want them to like you? You feel like you're afraid. You're living in fear. Instead of being confident about the work you do, how are your relationships? Are your children saying they barely see you? Are they doing things that you don't even know what they're doing? Do you even know what they do every day? Are the activities they enjoy doing? How is your relationship with others? How is it with self, with yourself? You know. So refuse, I, I would definitely say, set those boundaries. Refuse to be turned every which way. Know what you stand for and resist the urge of wanting to please others. Like Wayne Dyer would say, you know, pull your own strings. You pull your own strings by setting those guiding principles, by reinstating your boundaries. Know that I'm going to work within, between this time and this time. There's a time for me to do my personal things that I love to do. There's a time for family time. There's a time to, you know, if you have a, a home and family for housework, home maintenance, there's a time for everything. But we are the ones that help to disperse that time. We have to be confident in ourselves to know that we are very capable of doing the work that we're here to do. And we don't need people to determine how we're gonna live our lives, no matter who they are. You determine it, you know what you're here for, you know what you love, get back to the basics of life, the simple things of life, to understanding that you have nothing, let me put it this way, and understanding that you are good enough. I'll talk to you later. This is Tamika Chambers with Create a Generational Love Cycle. Remember, your children watch you every single day. They know what you're doing. And then whatever they see you doing, often they go on to, to lead their family that way if they have a family. 
And so whatever it is that you don't like about how you're doing, you you don't like that you're spending all your time at work. You don't like that you don't get to, you're not knowing your children. You don't read with them. You don't pray with them. You don't do fun things with them. That's when we know we need to change. And that's when we have to change. From my heart to yours, know that you are replaceable and know that you can do the work you're here to do and have the balance that you need to have.